0: Welcome. I know spring is here because Barbie Lee Hemmings has returned to the Northern Hemisphere. <laughs> we, that's, we set our clocks by you. All right. Or our calendars, whatever. Okay. So I'm going to invite you to drop into your heart a bit in this uh, moment. And I'm going to invite you to think of something you're grateful for. And let that thought become a feeling. The heart is the, the, the strongest organ in the body, and it actually radiates out in every direction. And so when we connect with it, we connect with source and we connect with one another. And it's quite powerful. And so we multiply as we come together in the heart. I'm going to sound the, the gong right now and um, be silent for 30 seconds. If you're distracted by you know, the busy mind, just notice your breathing and go back down to the heart and, and reconnect with some, some form of gratitude or appreciation. All right, here we go. For spirit, one spirit, is in this very room, in this very room, in this very room. So I invite you to allow my words to be your words in this moment. And if they don't fit for you, just let them wash over you. But what I'm affirming and knowing in this moment is that there's one life, one power, one infinite divine source that animates all of life. That's the truth of our being. The dream that we fall asleep in here is the one of separation. And so I invite you to join me in understanding and healing any sense of separation. So let this warmth rise up from your heart space or from wherever you feel it and sense it. It is in that sensing, in the spaciousness, the spaciousness to, to be aware that it is all around us, through us, as us. And so in knowing that and unifying with that and coming home to that, I know that we are guided and directed in every good way, that whatever is important for you, uniquely and wonderfully, you are being informed and supported, resourced, comforted, loved, reminded, of who you are and whose you are. That your life is God's life as is mine. And so living from that, living from that mystical spaciousness of experience, I just give thanks knowing that I create the opening, the awareness and the opportunity for something new and powerful and delightful and sweet to make its impact and influence obvious and clear. Knowing that there is a transformation that is undergoing right here and right now, in simply turning our energy and opening ourselves to this field, this unified field of love, beauty, infinite possibility. For this, I give thanks and invite you to say with me. And so it is. So as we have. Um, then modeling, and i 'll model for you again our cue card ritual, and that is a quantum process that we 've done uh, a few times here, and we actually have people as well as myself going through the the Q facilitator training right now and it 's really wonderful stuff explaining the science behind it <clears throat> and i 'll talk i 'll I'll interject that throughout our our, our gathering today because it 's such rich material but so the process with the cue card is that you identify. Uh, things that, that you perhaps are um, uh, or qualities or values that you're living from that don't, aren't uh, in alignment with who you've come here to be. So on one side of your cue card is um, uh, a statement that says, please have compassion for me when I'm on my shadow card. For me personally, those qualities today look like being alone, flawed, fearful, living in lack when I'm self-centered, and feeling that I am a disappointment because this is who I have come here to be. So I flip my cue card over, and I remind myself of who I've come here to be, which is grounded, generous, courageous, whole, wholeness, love, compassion, and creativity. So thank you for your support with that, and thank you for letting me model that. And the more I do it, it becomes more of an integrated way of being, and I can then ask myself when I'm struggling or I'm off the rails, am I on my cue card? So today I want to share with you some ideas and blending together. Uh, we're doing one talk. If you haven't been here in a week or two, we've gone back to just doing the same talk each for both lessons um, just because we're, uh, we found that the, the, uh, the things that we were measuring weren't being fulfilled by that. And so I, I'm combining both of the, the uh, Ernest Holmes material with the book of the month, the Emergence book. Next month we're actually going to be using the, the Power of Eight book, which is really powerful, and we're going to start introducing that into our community as a practice. Very excited about that. Tapping into the inherent genius and possibility of consciousness when we come together and support one another. What happens when we support another rather than the prayer for ourselves and the power in that. It's remarkable, some of the research that's available to us. So today is called emergineering, which is a phrase coined by Derek Rydell in emergence. And you see there the monarch butterfly going through its stages of transformation and emergence. So Emerging I want to touch on three ideas today. One is the ageless you. The other is the quantum plan. And finally, where are you in five years? So we started out the year with that book five, which was really around where do you want to be in five years? It's a wonderful book. Um, and, uh, and here it showed up in uh, the Emergence book as well with Derek Rydell. So the first point is inspired by living the science of mind. And the title of the chapter is How Old Are You? So, how old are you? How old is old, as Dr. Holmes says? And when does a person get too old to enjoy life? Anybody here have that answer? Never? Sweet. All right. You've read this chapter then, huh? Could a person be as young at 80 as he is at 18? Yeah. Why not? Dr. Holmes says we're told that each cell of the physical body is completely replaced every 14 months. So none of us are older than 14 months. Isn't that good news? What happens along the way is we, we, we acquire experience. Some of the scientific minds today are telling us that while time exists, age does not. That in reality, time is not a way of measuring years and months and days, but rather A measurement of experience in a limitless life. So he's looking at it from a very spiritual perspective of the continuum of the soul. If it is true in a broad sense that neither the mind nor the body actually grows old, it is time for us to ask what produces this aging process. Suppose we think of mind in the same way we think of space. Space is everywhere. Many things exist in space, but space itself is never crowded and it never gets old. No matter how much stuff you put in there, there's still as much space as you need. You cannot wear it out. It never grows tired, and it never becomes burdened with care. So Dr. Holmes says this, God's mind is the only mind there is, and God is eternal. The whole proposition in this, we believe because God lives in us, and we are able to think because the mind of God lives in us. So this is this idea of oneness. We live on a planet that has fallen asleep in the idea of separation. And so if we want to participate in a more um, potent experience of life, see what happens when we know this stuff, I, I, I have no doubt about this, I'm getting the, I'm getting the God rush here as I, I say this. But it, it, what happens when we start to intentionally partner with this infinite field, because it is a field, it's not a person, it's not a personality, it's an energetic field. We accelerate our own evolution. And, if, and, and so this infinite presence just says I love you. And if you wanna play with me at a, at a more intimate level, you can, and if you don't, I still love you. So it's, it's, it's not as if, it, it's not attached to outcome, it just is, and it just says yes, and it loves us. And so what limits our experience of the love is our own capacity to receive, or not. The limitations we place upon ourselves. But it takes practice, it takes wisdom, it takes clarity, it takes cleaning things up. It's to, f- to clear our own field, our own personal universe. As he says, Dr. Holmes says, Com- commit, consider what wonderful miracles life is always working through our bodies. See, our bodies are part of this intelligence. Our bodies, when we walk out the door and if the temperature has dropped 20 degrees, our bodies are going to adapt. There are certain things our cells will do because it it wants to protect us, but it doesn't. It's not as if we go out the door and and it's cold and we say, all right, body, it's cold now. Let me check the temperature. And now we need to... None of that happens. It just does it automatically because it wants to support us. But this is part of this divine instinctual intelligence. When we cut ourselves... There are certain things that happen within the body to heal the cut. So, and we know those things. They're obvious. But this is part of the divine plan. But Dr. Hall, So he writes about this in this chapter, but he says, but nature does not seem to interfere with our thought. So the same thing doesn't happen when we get traumatized. It's not as if this automatic response goes on inside of us and says, oh, well, look at this. This has come for you, and let's look at this through the eyes of wisdom and know that it's, don't take it personally. None of that stuff goes on in our heads. For the most part, we, we go right into that reptilian brain that says, I'm under attack, I've got to protect myself. So I'm going to freeze, I'm going to flee, or I'm going to fight. So that's, but that's that part of that brain that wants to protect us. But that spiritual part of us, sometimes we, we can't even hear it because we're not tripwired that way. So that's where our free will and choice comes in. But nature does not seem to interfere with our thought process in the same way and this is because we are individuals and have the right of self-choice. And so we are permitted to store up liabilities in the mind which tend to perpetuate our discomfort. Is there anyone here that has experienced discomfort in their life? Okay. There's like six people. That's awesome. And what happens for us as part of the life journey is we store, we store these things up and they become part of our, the sum total, the memorized way of being. We've just simply memorized the way of being. Uh, and, and rightfully so, because stuff happens to us. And when we don't have the information and we're not in an environment that supports a, a, a different perspective, of course we're gonna protect ourselves. Of course we're gonna draw judgments about other people. No, the teacher Jesus said, judge not lest you be judged, because he understood energetically. See, we're energy. We are, at the end of the day, energy. Energy that is inhabiting a physical form upon this planet, and it's a beautiful thing. I think we come here to have the full earthly experience, to, to go on the beach, the warm beach, and not our beach, you'd have to go a little farther south. Barbie Lee would know about it, and, and barefoot, and wiggle our toes in the sand, and you know, experience all of it the various beautiful opportunities of life. We're here to have, to have the whole experience. But we, along the way, we gather evidence to support ourselves and defend ourselves. Dr. Holmes says this in this chapter, no man or woman is happy who chases mad ambition. We live in a time when people are chasing mad ambition like never before. We're living at a time where there's more information now instantaneously than ever before. I was watching a YouTube video prior to the first service, and after about three minutes into it, I said, I don't want to see all this stuff. It was about politics and what's going on. And, and you know, it's so uh, fascinating because it's just, it's, it's better than real life. You know, it's, it's this, this aberrant culture of people so what we have are people, a lot of the people that are, my take on it, that, are, they're, that are, we see are driven by mad ambition because when you're in a position of power, because the egoic mind and the personality say when you're in a position of power, you'll feel better and, and you'll feel safer. When, when in reality, they're just, their meaning making has brought him to that. And so I'm so grateful to realize, but I'm watching this, and I'm going, I don't want this in my consciousness when I'm out here sharing. So I turned Dr. Ernest Holmes on. I found a, a video on YouTube of Dr. Ernest Holmes, I started watching that because I wanted to be in that consciousness. So what I was doing was I was creating an environment for myself that was conducive to what I was preparing to do. And so Dr. Holmes said in the video I watched that... that that this idea of separation has done more destruction to religion and philosophy than any other thing that has ever been on the planet. Most people believe there's something other than God. And so if we run around and say, God is all there is, God is all there is all day long, I'll probably have to come down and visit you somewhere where you're being held for a while while the medication kicks in. So, but, but to understand it in a silent and beautiful way and to have practices in your life And to live more and more from that and to realize it has all come for me. I'm on my fourth go-round with the Q process. It's a 21-day process. I've already done three 21-day processes. I'm doing my fourth. And uh, it's it's remarkable. Because what it's done is given me a tool when I start to get triggered where I can go, you know, I need to write a sheet about this. Instead of running off with a story and creating more drama, we had, if you were here for the first service last week, we had a guy that was... uh, um, had come the first time, and he was sitting back by the partition back there. Anybody here for that? Or was anyway? Um, but he was a great example of what I was talking about, and I'm not picking on him. I connected with him afterwards. Said come back anytime. But anyway, he, he was not happy that I wasn't uh, talking about Jesus. He said, "You know, I sat down here. You he haven't said anything about Jesus yet." And um, and then he was yelling at me about something else. And finally, I couldn't. You know, I had to go back and. And address it and I wanted to make sure I didn't because it looked like he was some guys in the back were gonna invite him to leave and I didn't want that either because we have a banner in the hallways right out here that says everybody's welcome so then I got to do a month's worth of damage control about everybody's welcome except the, the drunk guy that comes in and is yelling at the minister and he was. He was a bit inebriated, and he admitted that afterwards. So he was, he was preparing to nip at the spirit because he nipped at the spirit before he got here. It was just a different form of nipping at the spirit. <laughs> but the beautiful thing was I got a chance to, on the spot, practice the cue and, not, and, and, and watch myself. My, my, my tendency to want to get triggered or make him wrong. I just want to go back and find out what was going on with him. And so it was wonderful that as a community we could share in this. And so he stayed. I just said, Would you allow me space to do my, my, my talk? But he was a great example of how we get married to the way things have to be. And, and so he wanted to hear certain words used because that's what he's used to in church. He wanted to hear a choir. I said, I'd love to hear a choir too, but we don't have one. What's all We have a choir. But once I got more information and realized the source of his frustration and it had nothing to do with us or me, and I said, you, you're always welcome here, but you may not hear everything that you expect to hear, and that's just life. So it was nice to have the, the groundedness and the clarity and the compassion and love to not make it a big issue. I thought, here is the ru- where the rubber meets the road. If I can't walk this and model this, then what good is it? And so he was a blessing. It was a blessing, absolute blessing. I told him he came back for the second service. I said, come on back next week. And he hasn't come this week, but we'll probably see him again. And I said, you're always welcome here. So, but the point is, is that so no man is happy who chases mad ambition. And we, we gather things along the way. To, to, do we gather evidence to support the entrenched beliefs? We have. And his belief was that, that to come to church, you need to hear the word Jesus Christ and his life and, and whatever it was, whatever his experience was. But Dr. Holmes says this, and this is what I love about his perspective, and, his, and I think that we um, have the opportunity to be part of this. We are happy only in creative things and in those things where we share the joy of living with others. We must keep our interest in life so active that there will be an element of wonder and surprise at every simple and simple everyday things. I mean, and that's, that's timeless. There's no age involved with that. I know I'm preaching to the choir here, and we don't have a choir, but that's a metaphor for the group, okay? <laughs> I'm gonna confuse you. What choir? Um, but the point is, is that to live, you know, like Dr. Holmes says, it's important to live and live fully while we're alive. And when we're, and we're in that stream, when we're in that connection, the creativity comes through. The love can come through us. So the wonder can come through. We are here to create something that's never been created before. That's what keeps me in the game. I look out at the world, and I'm in there watching YouTube like the rest of us, and I'm thinking, what's all this information? I got people telling me, I hope one one Sunday you talk about the fifth dimension. I'm like, the fifth dimension? That was a singing group back in the 80s. I love those guys. (laughs) What's the fifth dimension? I think I go to the fifth dimension every time I go to sleep. I don't know. I'm not an expert on the fifth dimension. But I have here and now. And I can find things that ground me ground, in this moment that activate love and activate creativity and opportunity. And then I stand in infinite possibility. And so I get to look at my triggers, wherever they're coming from. And so because I've done enough of this work now, and I want that for you, I want it to be so much a part of what we do as a, as a community that, that, that our, our, our good opinions about one another become, can be part of our conversation but we also have the tools within our tool basket, our spiritual tool basket, to not make the trigger become the main theme of our life because the trigger is is simply something that's not integrated within us. And I love, it's so important, so important, and and to do this work together. We have the picture of the building that that goes up, right? We've got this picture of, right there, Vision 2020, and it's over here as well, the interior. Now, we brought that back because if we don't set an intention and move in a certain direction, it's never going to happen. And that building represents, see, what it represents at the end of the day, it's not about the building. It's not about resources. It's not about the material stuff. It's about what we must become to give form to that. That's where the juice is. What must we become to stand on this planet and embody the, the Christ consciousness... That's where we talk about Jesus, the Christ consciousness. That's where the juice is. That's where the joy is and the celebration. It's the evolution, that's the transformation. As Jesus said, These things that I have done, ye shall do an even greater. And so we are here to live in joy. We're here to live in abundance. We're here to live in celebration. But the paradox is as soon as we start to acquire out of this mad ambition, we step out of the realm. And as I go through this, there's more to to support those ideas. We, We step out of the spiritual realm because it's all about acquiring. And that becomes that blind ambition, that mad ambition. So the quantum plan, which comes out of emergence, creating a life structured that mirrors our soul's blueprint and supports its emergence. Does anybody here believe they have a soul? Okay, anybody here believe they don't have a soul? Okay, good. We can agree on that. Does anybody here think that your soul doesn't have a blueprint? All right, cool, awesome. So in the emergence model, we are planning on making something that already exists welcome. It already exists. What we get to do is cultivate, create the conditions so it can take form. It's already within us. The quantum plan is much more concerned with who is trying to emerge rather than what is externally accomplished. If we, if we got on a rant, you know, years ago there used to be televangelists that would, I, there was one, and I can't remember his name, that got on. Maybe it was Oral Roberts and said, if you don't send in, if I don't raise another $3 million in the next uh, period of time, uh, God's going to strike me down and take me away. And so people were mailing their checks in and because it's a very literal interpretation for many people. People bought into it. But, but that's, once again, it's the mad ambition of this. We've got to get this done. and it's, it's just a reflection of where people are in consciousness. Although I did hear from God last night. He said, if everybody in the audience doesn't write a check for a million dollars, just kidding. See, that's not what this is about. This isn't about manipulation. It isn't about fear. It's a fear. That's a fear-based idea. That's a lack-based idea. So it isn't about that. The quantum plan is much more concerned with who is trying to emerge rather than what is externally accomplished. Who must I become? What is my soul's blueprint in sharing these ideas and these possibilities? So the beautiful thing, the gift for me in this is, is what must I become so that I can teach well? At the at the at the 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 at the optimal level of my capacity to teach, and that's ongoing because I think this information is so beautiful and wonderful. And I watch people struggle, and I watch people go into doubt and uncertainty and live in lack. And I share with you my my um, um, shadow card because it's alive in me too. But the choice I have. Beautifully, is I get to decide the direction I want to go. Doesn't matter what happened yesterday. Doesn't matter what happened this morning. I'm I'm listening to something on YouTube, and I realize I don't want to hear this stuff. It's not that I don't care about it. I care about, but there's something more interesting to fill me up. You know, it's like putting sand in the gas tank of our car. We're not going to get very far. I want the best fuel possible so I can make the journey, so I can be transformed in this and that requires me having to do some some house cleaning, some cleaning up. I don't stay stuck in my shadow card. I've lived in my shadow card the majority of my life. So it's it's uh, if your intention is to live your soul's purpose and highest potential, your inner life has to be as much a part of your plan as your outer world. It's both, it's standing on both legs, the spiritual and the and the material. Bringing back bringing both of those to the conversation. And that's not easy, but it's called the Center for Spiritual Living for a reason. And to have the tools in our tool bag, the Q process is really a, it's not called therapy. And, and having gone through enough of the, the, the material now, it's not therapy. We don't do therapy. What we do is we empower every individual to go to the, to the, um, the skill set, to go to the strategy that helps free those limiting ideas about ourselves. The trigger is the indicator that something is not lining us up. And what happens when we start to write about it and re-script it, it frees the energy. It frees the energy. All of a sudden, there's energy that we've been given to this old resentment, to this, this problem or this situation or this past trauma. We've all been traumatized. Being on this planet, we get traumatized. It, it doesn't have to be big stuff. It doesn't have to be car accidents and falling out of tall buildings. It's, it's day-to-day trauma. And so when we understand there's a capacity in here, it's come to wake us up. It's come to create resiliency within us so that we can then give birth to the greater yet-to-be. Because you can't get there when you're full of resentment. You can't get there when you're full of hatred. It just creates limitation within ourselves. It is a self-limiting prophecy. So it's not about forgiving others for their behavior. It's it's putting the energy down. And forgiveness is one of those tools. We're going to do a little exercise here before you you all leave today. So the last piece of it is where are you going to be in five years? Where do you want to be in five years? In May of 2023, where do you want to be? I know where Barbie Lee wants to be. She wants to be living down in Mexico, but she's told me that. So, where do you want to be? How do you want to be? Miserable? Resentful? Unhappy? Who do you want to be? You get, a ch- you get to recreate yourself in this moment. And doing what will you be doing? will you be doing i'm i'm excited about what's happening within me because i'm realizing i have so much more energy to put into this and to be able to speak from it from my own experience so i'm not announcing it i'm i'm telling you this stuff works and it requires about 10 15 minutes every day for me to sit down and do my cue sheet again and then i read and i watch videos it requires training it requires practice but if you're just sitting around watching old videos on YouTube all day long, like I was telling you this morning, that aren't taking you there, stop it. And find something that will fill up that spiritual gas tank so it can, you can make the journey. And see, that's part of spiritual awareness. That's part of the journey. It's like, this ain't taking me where I want to go. So what we do is we come up with that definition. We write our life purpose and we reverse engineer it. So what can I do this week? What small thing can I do this week? that will help build the foundational pieces that take me to where I want to be in five years. That's how everything is built. I got news for you, it probably won't take you five years. You start, you start building the discipline and devotion to something that's the greater yet to be, the infinite possibility. Can we build these buildings over here? Why not? Why not? Let people know where the the, the, the Crystal Bed team is down at the the um, uh, women's show right now, and I did a, a segment on CTV uh, this week at uh, lunch hour. And we had four minutes. I had four minutes to describe the crystal bed. What the crystal bed does, give you my pitch, okay? We have chakras in the body, and the chakras spin, and they absorb energy. They, they absorb and give energy. That's what chakras do. The Hindus have known this for thousands of years. But, so what the crystal bed does is it aligns with the chakras within the, the, the etheric body, and so when they're, when they're spinning properly and in conjunction with one another, they create what is called sustainable water. So, for example, a cancer cell is unsustainable water at the molecular structure. So the, the crystal bed helps bring into alignment and spin the chakras in a way where the body is, is more capable of healing. And it's not... It's not the one thing on the planet. People do Reiki. they do other forms of energy work. We found it in the John of God, but what, the reason I know it was right and perfect for us, because I had no intention of bringing a crystal bed back here, but I'm down there with about 20 people from the center a number of years ago, and they said, "We've got to take this back with us." And I thought, "Oh golly, then I've got to go back and explain this thing." And people are already think I'm crazy. So they were not putting it down. And within, I don't know, four or five days, it was $6,000 US to buy a crystal bed and bring back. And we raised every penny of it from that group that we were with to bring back. And I said, well, I'm not gonna argue with that. The proof's in the pudding. The, 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 the commitment was there because people had, had such a profound experience with it. What it represents for us, I believe, is to let people know that healing is possible. And the crystal bed is a bit of a calling card to say that we understand we're not just... It's not just saying memorized prayers. It's not, it's not being connected to one tradition and saying that's the answer. It's an energy field that we're all connected to. And the crystal bed can help shift us and change us. And, and so any tool that will move us into greater alignment and groundedness and connection with the true source of our being, I'm for it. I'm for meditation. I'm for affirmative prayer. I'm for contemplation, mindfulness. The crystal bed, walk in a labyrinth forgiveness putting it down so reverse engineering we find out where we want to go we work back to to where we are now and figure out what we can do what small things can i do in my life can i have a period of time where i sit down i don't know what i'm doing but say i'm going to follow the preacher's advice there i'm going to connect with this divine source of life i'm going to get quiet and listen because i don't know but something within me does know extend the invitation. See where it takes you. See where you are. Do that every day for five, ten minutes. See where you are in 30 days. See what shows up. I mean, why not? We're thinking all the time anyway. Why not become more intentional? Welcome it. And then monthly, weekly, and daily. Repeat it. Find things that ground you. I have my cue card. When I forget now, I I pull my cue card up. Wait a minute. This is who I've decided. I have four of them now because I've gone through four times. But they all work for me. So it's important to have those practices. So this whole emergence model rests on the idea if life happens through through you, not to you, we've evolved to a place where we must co-create with the evolutionary impulse in order to fulfill our destiny. We must stop believing that the world is happening to us and realize that we are happening to the world. That's a big shift. We are happening to the world. It's not that you're predisposed to live in lack. If you're struggling with resources, you've made an agreement at some level, and you can strike a new agreement. All right, so I have this paper here. I'm going to ask people to pass this out. This is magical goldenrod paper. There, Steve's got some over there. Claudia, would you hand some paper out, too? Everybody gets a piece of paper. Good morning. You're very welcome. Here, you can pass it. Oh, they're coming down. All right. Thank you You didn't get it right there Thank you. so well just about everybody's got a piece of paper. Oh I need a piece of paper too. Thank you. Got it. So this paper I want to hang out uh, pass out with you, uh, to you because, what we've done in our lives is we've struck contracts. We've made contracts with people's other people's opinions, situations, we've had an experience where the light went on right that we had the experience and all of a sudden that has helped define us. And as human beings, as Dr. Holmes says, it doesn't matter what happened yesterday and tomorrow's not here yet. What matters is right now. So I want to let you invite you to allow this piece of paper to be your contract. So I want you to take a moment and think about something that a pattern in your life whether it's around health whether it's around money whether it's around relationship maybe it's around several things what is the pattern that you have you see recurring in your life because the beautiful thing about our opportunity as thinking creative free individuals to choose we can tear up the contract Just like we sign a bad deal, we get to tear it up. There won't be any lawsuit. There won't be any attorneys getting a hold of us. We are free to tear up the contract anytime we want. And so I want you to get in in, in mind something, and maybe it's just a a feeling of dread or a, a feeling of impossibility in your life. Whatever it may be, allow this to represent that contract. And we can tear up the contract at any point in time and renegotiate it. We're never stuck. So, for example, here's the buildings that could really help us do program here. I mean, there's so many things that I see as possible. Here's what I know: I live in a community that is fully funded through committed giving. We have an intentional giving program here. I'm in a community that is fully funded. Our annual budget is fully funded by the, our committed giving. I don't want to put pressure on you. That's where I'm going. That's because so much of the conversation around here is around lack. And and I I get it. The world, you go out there, you, you hear it everywhere you go, there's not enough. There's not enough, there's not enough, there's not enough. You gotta have a budget, and you gotta have resources. But it can't be your primary goal. And how do we bring our spirituality to that very thing? That I have an opportunity to work with amazing people and to continue to learn and grow and to watch people's lives be transformed in a way like never before. That we are a community that is on fire with transformation so the great good and joy and celebration can happen and we model it for others so that people are calling us, calling wherever I am. And I'm assuming it's going to be here, wherever I am, and saying, What are you doing there? This is amazing to give birth to something that hasn't been given birth to. I'm just giving you a part of what my vision is. And so anything that doesn't line up with that, and that we have all the resources here, we have a great executive director, we have a youth minister, we have a building that works, we, have, we should be live streaming our, our Sunday talks. Gary Simmons said to me, how come you're not live streaming? I said, resources, resources we've tried. We've tried it through volunteers, we can't get it up. And I want to be able to, to deliver the goods in terms of my own learning and my own evolution so we can, we can have a record of it and people can go online and say, wow, look at this guy. This guy was on fire with possibility. I'm not calling it in. You guys tell me there isn't enough. I just sit there and, sit and say, yeah, you, you don't know what you're talking about. You're talking from an old contract that you negotiated. And I don't join you in that agreement. I honor it. I bless it. Thank you for sharing. But it's not my truth. So I'm in a community that's on fire with that. You're in a relationship that is beautiful and wonderful and loving and collaborative and healthy and dynamic and fantastic. Now the relationship that you might be in may not have to end so you can step into that relationship. But if that's your intention, that's going to happen anyway. So all I'm saying is I can't control the world and everybody's good opinion. What I can control and influence is my, my reaction to it. and and what I know is what I want to be part of and give birth to and I know it's possible here I know you have what it takes and I have what it takes and if we can't get there it's okay. I'm going to go find a place to do it because that's what's important to me And, and that's what should be important to you you should be thriving you should be abundant and prosperous and healthy and happy and modeling this so people in your neighborhood are going what are you doing man? What are you smoking? What are you drinking? No, I have, a, I have landed on a, a belief about myself that it's powerful and wonderful and beautiful. So I share that with you. If you've got things alive in your life that aren't working for you, let this contract represent it. Let's tear up our contracts right now. I'm going to tear up anything and I don't need to know all of it because this infinite intelligence within me knows. I don't know everything, as Dr. Holmes said, but something within me does know. I trust that. See, I trust the presence of spirit. Dr. Holmes says right in this chapter, the problem is people don't trust spirit. I'm all on my own here. And we see that takes us. So I'm in partnership with spirit, and I know the things that I've just articulated publicly to you are unfolding. What I need to become to fulfill that is happening within me. And I'm not there yet, and it might take me another 40 years to get there, but I'm going anyway. And maybe I have to come around and we have to be a congregation one more time together. Wouldn't that be fun? Do this all over again so we can heal things we could heal right now? Oh, let's wait another millennium or two to do it. The time is now. It's our opportunity. So I'm gonna invite you to stand up with me, if you would. Allow this infinite divine intelligence to know that you're ready to rip up your contract, at anything and everything that doesn't serve you and support you right here and right now, we are tearing up the contract and making the space for a new possibility, infinite possibility, here and now. Here we go. Beautiful. And you can tear it a few times. Nice. Did anybody enjoy that? Now here's the deal. You find yourself wallowing, you sit back down, thanks for standing, it's just more dramatic when you stand up, <laughs> you know? You, anytime you're feeling stuck, tear up the contract. Part of your practice, I ain't doing this anymore. I ain't doing this anymore. I'm making room for something new, because I know how this movie ends. I've seen it a thousand times. I'm ready for a happy ending. You know, I, yeah, when I first came into the doors of this community, or, uh, this teaching. My problem was that there were too many days in the month for the check that I got. If the, the month had been about 23 days, I'd have had plenty of money. So then I started goof, goofing around with people and joking. and said, I have enough money to live the rest of my life, provided I'm dead by Tuesday. And I realized, I don't want to be affirming that. Because Tuesdays are coming. Boy, I was really cautious now. Because the infinite doesn't know a joke. Just hears the words that says yes. So Dr. Holmes says this. This is the last slide I have for you today. He says, let us make up our minds that yesterday is gone. Tomorrow has not yet arrived, but today can be filled with wonder if we know that we stand on the threshold of that which is wonderful and new. Wonderful and new. That's for me. Wonderful and new. Isn't that a beautiful declaration? Wonderful and new. I'm for wonderful and new. I want wonderful and new for you and 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 you. And everybody here. Now, I can want whatever I want for you, but if you're sitting there going, he's crazy. Ain't gonna happen. And you're free to do that. And I, I, I love you anyway. That's not mine. That's not my responsibility. And that's what I love about the cue. We become, it becomes our own practice. It isn't therapy. There are times last week when the guy came in and I thought, isn't this great? I got the cue. I don't have to, go to carry on for two weeks because some guy came in and was yelling at me and I wasn't saying Jesus Christ enough for him and no choir. I got done with it in a moment. It's, it has saved me thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars in therapy. I'm telling you. It's a beautiful thing because you become, it's called a wear You become your own Mentor, You become your own coach. And that's the beautiful, freeing thing. I said that to Gary the other day. And when you coach people, you're not doing therapy. You're just taking them back to, this, to the method. And the key in it, one of the keys is that when people are rewriting or telling their story of the trigger to watch when they start going back into the story, then the story starts to take overtake them. You got to bring them back practice and that's what the practice is because when we go back into the story and tell it again we're right back in it and we're reinforcing the trauma and the limitation that's the mindfulness of it but pretty soon you're just reporting oh i had this experience i had this experience and it's so freeing because then you can really practice compassion and love for yourself and boy when you're landing in that compassion and love for yourself that is abundance That is freedom. That is joy. And and, and that's what I want for you. That's what I want for the world. So I don't have to hunt and peck for Ernest Holmes on YouTube. Anything I turn on reflects that. You know, what's right with the world? What's right with you and you and you? You are the thing itself. You're beautiful, powerful, wonderful. So thank you for tearing up your contract today. Thank you for being part of this discussion. You are far more awake and evolved and beautiful than you know. And I see it and I celebrate it and I'm so grateful to be alive with you on this planet. We are the ones that we have been waiting for. And so it is. Blessings.